All right, all right, all right. Here we go again. I am back. I'm in the studio. We had to miss a day because of the Memorial Day weekend. And it's good to be back. So much has happened since the last time I've been in front of this microphone. Uh, and we have a, we did crown a new champion of Europe. And it would be, it is not going to be, who, you know, who we originally thought. Everybody thought, Man City, this was your year, blah, blah. It is Madrid. In stunning fashion as well. If you missed the game, shame on you. It was one of the most amazing games I've seen. One of the most amazing performances from a goalkeeper that we've seen in, in many years. Many years. And Courtois is the uh, is the MVP of this game, much to the, to the dislike of Jurgen Klopp, who said when the, when the MVP is a goalkeeper, we have a problem. Well, the problem is you lost, man. Damn. This is tough. You know, the, you, you, when you're looking at it from a, uh, from the red lens, you know, when if, if we're talking about Jamie Carragher, who, by the way, stated apparently that um, Madrid had no chance, no chance to win this thing. I, I, I couldn't even understand him. So, you know, that's a bad luck. But 63 games, they only lose four, just the big ones. And uh, they, they go down. If you watch the game, you know what I'm talking about. Courtois was amazing. I don't know which save was the best, the one on Salah with the, with the right hand or the, or the right shoulder or in the first half against Mane off the post, just a, just a little touch. I, I really think, and, 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 I'm, and I don't think I'm, I'm overstating here, I do think those are goals if Courtois is not in the goal. I do think those are goals in the EPL against anybody else but that guy. When you're six foot seven and you got that kind of wingspan, you, you're, you're going to have to come up with something special to beat him. But he just came up big because he is big. On every single occasion, oh, and it's and, you know it's feeling the the thought now that that Benzema is a lock for the, the Ballon d'Or, um, and that I think I think that's okay. Even Messi is saying, "Come on, it's it's sin duda," which means without a doubt. And what what can you say about Ancelotti? What what can what is there left to say about Ancelotti? Before we got to this, he became the first manager to win the league in five different places. And he absolutely, it, it, there's nothing really left to say. I love the dance. And when he did the dance at the end of the game with his teammates, that was the, I put it on Twitter. Check out me on Twitter. Eric Winaldo, a little check mark. Because uh, I did post that. And, and that really did bring me some joy uh, to, see, uh, to see him celebrate that, that way with his players. For some of these guys, that's five. That's five Champions League. Five. The whole hand, not the four, the five. And Gareth Bale's on that list as well. Pretty amazing. And this, and this is a hard one to swallow for Liverpool. If you remember the last time, Carius and his mistakes, and the, he tried to roll the ball out and Benzema got there first. So this is, this is punishing. And also, I would be remiss if I, if I, I didn't mention uh, the way that the Liverpool fans were, were treated. We all, those of you who watched the game, you know that there was a delay. There was a lot going on. Just a bad day for Liverpool. On many, many, many levels. And it's also fueled now with, with you know, worse news. That Mane is now saying that he wants out. And he's rumored to go to Bayern uh, next year. Which is going to sadden a lot of people. Speaking of sad, did you see the, the medal ceremony? I've never seen Van Dyke. I, I, I didn't think Van Dyke was, pot, was capable of crying like that. I mean, just pure across the line. Just shattered. Shattered. And then the funny part was the next day they had this entire, they, they, you know, they, they, I don't know, they were on the bus. They had the parade. They're acting like they won the whole damn thing. Big smile, big smile. Only Liverpool. I mean, that's, that's, uh, 
I guess when you're when you're used to that kind of disappointment, you um, you take the good because it was a f- fantastic year. They just didn't win anything. They didn't win anything. Anyway, a couple of things came out of this, and because I want to move on, I do want to talk about Ryan Nick I, I, at, at Manchester United and all the uh, the, the turnover there. And it, uh, but I do want to, you know, let, let's let's give Modric his day. Let's give Cross uh, his day. Marcelo there. He, he's going to leave Madrid, but he's got five uh, Champions League trophies and six La Liga titles. Not a bad deal there. Uh, and we're, we're trying to figure out where Vinicius ranks in all this. Uh, on the season, 22 goals and 20 assists in all competitions. 52 games played. Those are, that's a pretty good return, but there's nothing better than, than a goal in the Champions League final and a 1-0 win. I mentioned this in one of the previous podcasts about the Mario Costa situation at a very young age, he scored the game winner in overtime against Argentina to win the World Cup. You get to put that on your resume. It's like, okay, what's left? I think Vinicius needs to stay there because, I mean, look what look what the group that is that is about to leave has has accomplished. Five Champions League, five. Ugh. That's it's rough. <laughs> I'm not laughing at you, Liverpool. I, I I swear to you, I'm not. I, I just I just can't believe that performance from a goalkeeper. And and I would say this: I don't care what the rule is. It's a dumb rule. It's a dumb ass rule. I mean, the ball comes off the defender, and your Benzema, who's just gotten up because he he kind of screwed up the pass, and in that confusion, I I recognize that Allison's a little bit forward, and there isn't two players. But the ball came from a defender. I'm saying change the rule. I understand the rule and why it was, was deemed offsides. I just don't like the rule. I just don't. I mean, if, if the ball comes off the opponent and it, and it gives it to you right in front of the net, it shouldn't be offside. It, it, and that's just me. I'm going to get into the U.S. team in a minute, but let's get into Ryernick. Okay, Ralph Ryernick comes to Manchester United with his little glasses and his big ideas. He brings uh, the American Chris Armas along with him, and um, he's leaving. I, I, this is what's so strange. Was I the only one? Guys, come on. Did I not say that he'd be gone in June? I did say that. And everybody, well, he's going to, and then, and then I thought, okay, maybe I'm wrong. He's going to take, but my initial thought was he's not going to last. Not in Manchester. Not in Manchester United. It's too big of a club and too many damn opinions. There's just too much going on. And it's a hard, hard place to get your arms around. We all get it. You know, Sir Alex Ferguson, what he did there, the way that he did it, is the reason why there was so much success. But they were in a similar spot, a very similar spot when he actually took over. It wasn't terrific. They weren't a top team. They'd gone a long time without winning anything. And they came in there with a plan. And Sir Alex Ferguson invested in the kids. And he wasn't afraid to take on big personalities, the Roy Keens, the Eric Cantonas. But he also got the Beckham, Nicky Butts, Giggsy, Scholes. When those guys came in and really ran the show, and, they, and it wasn't a club that had to go find a Pogba and, and overspend. They had him right in their backyard. They've been there for a couple of years and they're cleaning people's shoes and now they're the most important players on the team. Why not go back to that? Why not? 
you know, I, I, I get it. I, I understand that, that there was a lot of thought process in, in the idea that Reinick was going to be a guy who changed the model. And if the model worked, they could thumb their nose at those guys across, across the way, the noisy neighbors, and say, yeah, you can spend all your money you want on Grealish. Because you could say that the, the, the Grealish idea didn't work and they're going to do it again. They're going to do it with Holland. They're going to spend a lot of money on it because they can. But it would have been cool if they would have been able to go back and say, we're changing the model and it's a success, but it wasn't a success. West Ham wins that game. They're in seventh. Rough, rough. Now, here's, here's what's also very interesting. And this is also alluding to the idea that Van Halen was warning about this. It's a corporation. It's not a club. You go to that board meeting and, and, and everybody's got an opinion. And it has nothing to do with the football. And it's just, it, it's just like this pie. If you've ever been in, a, in an LLC, you'll understand what the pie looks like in an operating agreement and units and people have opinions, but they have like a weighted opinion. Like I'm in an LLC and, and I won't get into the details, but my percentage of that company, if it's lesser than, so let's say I have 15 and the other guy has 23. When we make a decision, regardless of, of what, the, what, the, what the group and whatever they're representing as far as units are concerned, the, t- the guy with 23% has a louder voice. It's always the same. I want to know what those percentages are. I want to know who these guys think they are. Because they, they show up with their smug faces and their nice suits. And it's sometimes the most simplistic solution is going to solve the problem. But these guys don't want to do it. They don't. They don't want to do it. Um, the interesting part to me, by mutual agreement, Ralph will now focus solely on his new role as the manager of Austria. And uh, he's no longer going to have a consultant consultancy with uh, Old Trafford. And when asked about this, uh, Ten Hag was very clean. He just said, oh, that's up to the club. And he's right. You know, he's, he likes to wish him all the best in his new chapter of his career, but get the hell out. My dad used to say, here's your hat. What's your hurry? That's what happened. It just, it was, you know, and it wasn't going to last. Six months ago when I said he wouldn't make it to July, my instincts were right. Now, the reason why I'm saying that is because of my, I guess I would say my limited knowledge of, of the EPL when it comes to the inner workings of a club but my limited knowledge of how they operate and my extensive knowledge of how Ralph Reinick thinks would lead me to believe that this was never going to work. Never. And it didn't. It didn't. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. I'm just saying Ralph Reinick is on his way to Austria. And that's a better place. They speak German. There's, a, there's just Germans are different. They are. They're, they're, you know, when you go through methodologies and philosophies about the game, the, the Germans actually are very simplistic in, the, in, the, in their way that they address these things. We've seen it time and time again, and I've alluded to this on many occasions. The EPL, if you, if you go through the top seven managers in the league, none of them are from England. We're fascinated with the accent. We're still good. That, that, that shit is still going on. It's not just in America where some English guy shows up and goes, well, you got to do this and you got to do that. Give me $1,000 and I'll make you a player. 
Yeah, all right. You know how many people are falling for that? In this country, it happens to them too. You get a bunch of suits that sit around. They start throwing shit at the wall and they say, who's going to be the next manager? We have to be interesting. They'll say stuff like that. We have to be globally aware. Sometimes it's as easy as knowing the club, understanding the inner workings of the club. And the biggest problem that they have is they can't go back to the well because they fired Gunner. Shoshka, you know what he was doing. And you look at the numbers. And yeah, is, is it, was it, was it Gunner's fault? No, it's all been revealed that the players were a pain in the ass. They were all complaining about the, the, the training sessions didn't look like a freaking circus. And there wasn't enough cones and flags and monitors. And they were making so much money that they were, it's, it's kind of like, it's weird. It's like, it's, you know, when you, when you, you get so married to that idea. Like people that get rich and they, and they, they have, who are wealthy. Some of them have all of those gadgets, all of them. And the funny part is, it's probably like 10% of those rich, wealthy people even know how to work their own TV. They buy that stuff because they can, because they want to look important. Walk into my house and look, well, I, I can push that button and that whole wall will disappear and turn into something else. Great. got to have all the new things. And I, I, no, sometimes it's, it's about connecting with people. It's about being a manager. It's about understanding what kind of players you need in your outfit. And it's, it's, you know what, I, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I, you know, there's one guy I'm going to watch. I mean, Lewandowski is said he wants out of Bayern. Is, are we finally going to get that EPL experience? His statement was clean. He wants out. Is Lewandowski going to make his way to United? Is that going to be a fit? This is makes total sense. I mean, Ten Hag, okay, he's Dutch, all right? Saying goodbye to the German wasn't hard. I mean, I, I don't know if, you get, if you've been paying attention, but those two still don't like each other. I mean, at least those two countries, they don't. their philosophies are from two different complete spectrums. The Germans will say, What's your philosophy to score in nine seconds after we recover the ball? Okay. What does that mean? It's just, it's, it's just, it's a, it, we have to understand that all these little countries, the Belgians of the world, right? They go after you know, Martinez. It's working right now, but wait, just wait. Holland's going to fight with her. So the only thing they, a soccer player and, you know, a Dutch soccer player needs to get in an argument as a mirror. That's a, that's a fact. I used to say this all the time. I mean, they're going to get to heaven and then they complain that the clouds are too white. That's what the Dutch do. You can't, they can never accept the realities of something good. It has to, how do we make this better? Grass is always greener. Does Lewandowski go to Manchester United? Probably not. Does he end up in Barcelona? Probably. God, if he does, that's going to be a great story. But the one that I really wanted to talk about is Darwin Nunes. He's Nunes. He's, he's at uh, Benfica. This might be, this guy is a game changer, man. Unbelievable talent. Unbelievable. He didn't know he said, he said he's at Benfica now. He's, he's scored against just about everybody that you need to score against to impress people. 
And if these rumors are true, that Salah and Mane, and, and then that's it. That's who you go after. Put him up there with Diaz. It's going to change the complexion of the team. I think Klopp will figure it out. But they're not going to be as good as they were last year or this year. They're not. Liverpool's going to have a drop. Be ready for that. Manchester United might have a little push. Manchester City's going to stay right where they are. They're going to spend $100 million on another player and he ain't going to do shit. And it still isn't going to matter. It's going to be fun. Perisic goes to, to Tottenham. I didn't mention that. He's on a, on a free transfer for two years. Good move. Great move. Uh, and the last thing I want to talk about before I get into the U.S. team is uh, Gaga Slonina. Uh, he's currently the goalkeeper for the Chicago Fire. 17 years, 18 years old. Wait, is he 17? Yeah, I think he's 18. I think I wrote this, I, he might have turned 18 over the weekend, who knows? But the reality is, is that, that he's garnished interest from, from now Chelsea and Real Madrid. So it begs the question for me, I, I get it, the kid's young, he's 17, 18 years old. But why the hell do all of our national team goalkeepers, why do we send them to England to sit on the bench? Stefan is at Man City, he's not going to play. Turner's on his way to Arsenal. And, and we get these stories about how the goalkeeper coach is talking about how he's going to make things difficult for our current goalkeeper. He's still going to be on the damn bench. So we, what we do in this country is we throw our forwards completely into the fire, the sergeants of the world, peppies of the world. Just throw them in the fire and let's throw rocks at them when they fail. But we're totally accepting the idea that all three of our goalkeepers that could possibly be on our World Cup team are over there for training. They're not getting games. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm, my hand's up for Horvath. He's the only, only guy playing. Let's go with him. Let's see if he can do something. He's famous for coming into the game and Stefan got hurt and making a pretty big save on Gordado in the, uh, against Mexico. And then we marched down the field and, and, and Christian Pulisic scores. And by the way, Pulisic has now taken his name, taken Chelsea off of his Instagram and the whole world went wild. Like 5.2 million people were like, uh, what does that mean? And then Lukaku goes, that's a good idea. I think I'll do that too. So this is, this will be an interesting, uh, an interesting week. All right, let's get into the national team. So the national team uh, is, has a couple games coming up. If you uh, were not aware, uh, I'm actually going to have to go backwards to, to get all of this information correct. So I'm going to go to my computer and I'm going to look it up. But these two games coming up uh, and the list, got a couple of injuries. We've got Robinson's, Robinson's gone down. Mihalovic looks like he turned that ankle and he isn't going to be able to make it. So it's actually testing, I guess you would say, our, our, our depth chart. Uh, but still, you know, two very good games. Uh, and, you know, this is, this is a really hard thing, though, because when you're on the national team, right, and you just finish your, your European season, you're, you're kind of really hoping for a little time off, but you never get it. You never get it. Well, at least we didn't get it. We never got it. Never got a break. And they're not getting much of a break either. It's going to be right after it. And the hard part is for a lot of us to understand is just because it's a game and it's a national team game and it's a friendly, you know, you're, you're really hoping to, uh, to get maximum effort out of these guys. It, it's, it's, it's not that kind of game. There are guys that are, that are trying to prove themselves. Carter Vickers is now a part of the team. Well, at least trying to, uh, uh, trying to work his way in. There's, a, there's a, some great new additions. Uh, but this national team is, uh, 
it's, it's, and I, I'll, I'll go back to it. It's really hard to find. I, I know this sounds really stupid, but it's really difficult at times to find the motivation to play in these kind of games. And you'll, you'll see it. You'll see it. And, and I think the, the, the minutes need to be managed. I, I, I think that that's also a, a big part of it. But uh, I, would, I would say, don't look at the results. People are putting stuff on Twitter like, oh, how's the national team going to do? No, just, it's summer. Just get a beer, sit in the stands, take your shirt off. If you're a man, of course. And enjoy the game. Don't, uh, don't, don't get wrapped up in performances. Don't start thinking that this is going to, have, you know, there's a lot of stuff that happens on the national team that people need to understand are happening behind the scenes. This is about, this is about relationships. This is, you know, I've said this before, but, you know, sometimes dinner is more important than practice. Getting to know the guys around you. You know, looking at the group, I mean, it's, there's a lot of evaluating that's going on right now with our national team that has very little to do with how we play. You know, I do think I do think when you look at a guy like John Brooks, who's currently in Nashville, by the way, I don't know what that's all about, but he's visiting the United States on his break. He's not a part of our group, and uh, he is essentially—I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what he's doing. But these two games, Morocco and, and Uruguay, they're on the first and the fifth, so that would be tomorrow, and then later on in the week. I do want to watch this. Uh, I'm going to go out to Phoenix and watch Uruguay play on Thursday, I believe. I want to see that. And then later on, we're going to have a, you know, um, a, a game in Austin, uh, which will be against Grenada and then uh, El Salvador a couple of days after that. So four games in a fairly short stint. Got, bodies need to be managed. And a lot of people making a, a lot of Brendan Aronson. It's just, it's different. It's different now. You know, it's, it's very different for him. You know, he shows up to training and every single camera is on him. I wonder what kind of effects that's having on the other guys who are used to having the cameras follow him around. But he makes the $30 million transfer. And so he gets to be the flavor of the month. But this team, look, I mean, it's, it's, it's a good group. It's a good group. It's still, we, 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 don't, we don't need to get carried away uh, with the results, but let, let's watch them play. Let's see if some guys have some moments. You know, guys like uh, De La Torre, maybe they have maybe they have a couple of moments in there where they show some flash. I think that's been one of the biggest criticisms of this team is that, you know, there just hasn't been a lot of flash. It's just been a very robotic. Uh, but if 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 it's if you're Eric Palmer Brown, for example, what an opportunity that is! It really is to be with the team, to have a laugh, to to get to know these guys. It's really hard to come into these. That's why I'm kind of upset for Mihalovic because that's rough. He really had a, he was, going through, he was going through a very, very good run of form. And it just takes a, a, an untimely knock. So I believe it's his ankle. I could be wrong. I apologize if I am. Uh, he and I exchanged a couple of text messages. I just, you know, very simply, are you okay? Uh, his, his answer was, I, you know, if the doctors are, are right, I should be back pretty quick. I should be all right. But it turns out that won't be the case. Which is unfortunate because those are the kind of moments where just a little stupid injury ends up ends up costing you. And here's, this is a, an interesting point, and it is relevant. If you remember a couple podcasts back, and if, if you don't, that's okay. I can summarize. As I have argued time and time again, time and time again, that especially the European guys and 
even more so at times, MLS guys, when the World Cup is played in the summer. Under normal circumstances, we would be in a much different frame of mind right now, coming into June, with a U.S. national team preparing for a World Cup. But that's not the case. It's later on this year. But are you noticing how many guys are dropping out? Now, this is what I've argued in the past. When you play in the national team and you play in Major League Soccer, what ends up happening in the months of March and April and May, you are playing not to get hurt. And then you have that, when the body, there's a lot of things. I'm not going to get into barometric pressure, but there's a lot of things that affect the human body this time of year. And I just think Mihaljevic is a, is a casualty of that. And the only good news that I can get out of this is, thank God the World Cup isn't next week. It's in October. Well, November. Let's hope he heals up uh, in time because I'm a big fan of the kid. But I, again, let, let's go back to it. Do not get carried away. Do not pretend like uh, that this is the end of the world. What we're trying to do is, is just so you know, this is how the national team works. This is certainly how Berhalter works. Is when you have certain opponents that you're going to play against in the World Cup, what you try to do is you try to simulate the game. And you try to simulate ideas and, and to try and formulate some sort of attack that you're going to have, like a plan for that style of play that you're going to play against essentially in a World Cup. And th- these are these are really difficult things to work on because as a national team, you don't get them that much. It's, it's hard because the coaching staff for this trip in June are, are over the top excited. They're greeting you at the door. They got a big smile. They're like, oh man, so glad to see you. Hey, uh, welcome to the team. Let's get to work. And these guys are like, oh, this is the catch 22 of being on the national team. I could be playing golf or fishing. Let my body heal, but I'm here. Hooked up to a monitor. So these guys can figure out. And so, and the problem is, is that especially if you're coming from Europe, is your body is really, really looking for some downtime. And then you, you're just going to you know, hit the gas and try and make it up the hill. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to go there as far as what I think is going to happen as far as the injuries that, that come out of this four set. But there's going to be some. And I probably have a good idea of who they're going to be. And hopefully it will be the... Uh, well, hopefully I'm wrong. Let's just put it that way. All right, one other bit of news uh, before I, I let everybody go today. So again, last warning, do not get stressed out when the U.S. team does not get a result. If they play well, this is one of the only times you're allowed to say, we played well and we didn't lose. We played well and we didn't win. Either one. Either one. It doesn't matter. It's okay. Don't, don't get all, all, all crazy. But uh, so Charlotte fire uh, Miguel Ramirez and Hal. Miguel Angel Ramirez. Now, and he started poorly. You all remember the, the start of the season when uh, he, he gave an unfortunate uh, interview. Where he said, well, right now we're screwed, if you remember the interview. So uh, there was really no explanation was given at the fire, which, which leads me to believe that somebody on the inside, um, ah, God, I really don't know. I mean, I don't think it's Tepper. I, I don't think it, if, if you know who the, who's the owner. I don't know if it was this was him. Maybe it is. Maybe it's somebody that got to him that said, "Hey, that was unacceptable. You can't fire somebody right away for something like that." You had this big opening. You, had the, you broke the new record as far as opening day and you know, all that stuff. But something happened on the inside. So something, something happened. They, you know, it's 
you know, five, eight, and one. It's not, uh, not so bad. That's not so bad. Didn't start off well. Neither did Cincinnati, but but it it does throw up a flare to to, to say, all right, well, what is going on? And it also, let's face it, we're, we're about to go into uh, a window where there's a lot of coaching changes. There's been a lot of turnover, and maybe he maybe he's the one that's saying, you know what, Charlotte, not for me. And you could get out now, and you could call it uh, somewhat of a, a, a well, maybe a success. Fourteen games. It's not a, that's not a long rope. I think it's the exact number of games that uh, our friend Jesse Marsh lasted in Leipzig. So it happens. It happens. But let's see who their new coach is. Uh, the assistant coach looks like he's going to serve as the interim to the rain, remainder of the season. And uh, we'll, we'll see when it, uh, it all works out. Last bit of news, Scotland, Ukraine. The winner plays Wales. And uh, for, for that, uh, that last spot in the World Cup. They might want to pay attention to that. That's going to hit some hard strings. I even, I think I, Graham Sunis even went on the record. This is really, even Scottish as he is, you know, played over 50 games for his country and he's, 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 he's rooting against his country. <laughs> I think we, I, and it's, I think it's one of those only times that it's actually forgivable with everything Ukraine is going through. Maybe, maybe there's, maybe this, this opportunity to make a World Cup would be, uh, bring some joy because yeah, there certainly hasn't been a lot. Right, but that's it. Uh, it. It was a short one. I know it's a short one, but I got stuff to do. I got a family and, and my kids are actually sick, not COVID. Um, and be careful out there because COVID is trying to make a comeback. Don't let it happen. Stay safe. Take care of each other. Be kind to each other. Respect and accept each other and you'll be okay. We'll hear you next time.